Thank the Lord for our song service and thank God for the special singing, our young people. Thank the Lord for each and every one. This time we're going to go back to the throne of grace and we're going to ask God's blessing upon Brother Howes that comes this way. 
Not only that, but that the God of heaven would touch our ears and our hearts. We might be attentive unto the word of God. We might know what it says for us. May God help us as our prayer. Brother John Smith, could you take his fourth on grace, please? Gary, how you come preach what the Lord's laid on your heart. Well, it's good to be back at Emmanuel Baptist again. We uh, are thankful that you call on us every once in a while. We're thankful for that and we appreciate that and and the, the confidence and uh, everything else you have to have in somebody to uh, keep calling them back and uh, prayerfully and hopefully uh, every time we come together uh, we we all might get something out of the scriptures. I've always preached that there's not a message that I preach that doesn't apply to myself as well as everybody else just saved by the grace of God and of course those that are lost that the Lord might Save them by his grace. I mentioned in uh, one of the prayers a while ago, especially our families. Uh, we've all got family members that are lost and needs to be saved. And praying the Lord will work in their hearts uh, as well. Uh, we are, uh, I'm glad this is not a tent revival with that weather outside. Uh, I don't know who would, I don't know who would have the job of fanning me because uh, it is hot. I told uh, one of the members out there a while ago says, the only time I've run today is when I got out of the truck and I run to the door just about. Because <clears throat> I just can't hardly uh, take that heat like I used to. But I'm I'm getting wimpy. I keep telling my pastor, I'm getting wimpy and, and uh, he's just going to have to bear with me and and uh, uh, let me be a wimp. That's, that's, all, that's all he can do, so... Uh, but I am thankful to be here and grateful for your invitation to be here as well. Uh, we want you to get your Bible just sort of to uh, get in uh, partially into the message in Romans and chapter 8, Romans chapter 8, so so familiar scriptures I know to, to Bible scholars and people that uh, attend church regularly and, and have uh, faithful pastors to the Word of God. <clears throat> 
Uh, we always need encouraged uh, to keep on serving the Lord. Uh, we need encouraged to stand. And Brother Lybrook, Brother Charles Lybrook, that is, many years ago, uh, he delivered a message. I heard it uh, over at Salem when he was pastor over there. Uh, a message that he brought about standing in the gap. And uh, I've, I've got his notes at home somewhere. I just might borrow that message one of these days and uh, look at it some more and, and some more and some more and some more. Uh, it really impressed me that God's people, uh, it, we live in a day and time, uh, as we'll get into our message, that God's people are under attack. Uh, you know, we always say pray for our country. Uh, our country is under attack, that's for sure. Uh, our leaders are attacking our country, I believe, for the most part. I say, now don't go politicking, preacher. I'm not politicking, folks. I'm letting, uh, I'm, I'm praying and hoping that God's people will realize that we're, uh, we are not being led in any godly way. Uh, and it doesn't make any difference what my politics is. Uh, it, we're just not being led in the right way. Haven't been for many, many years. Uh, haven't been for decades, as a matter of fact. Uh, seems like the the thing that wants to be forgotten about the most as a nation, and especially in the minds of our leaders, is the Word of God. They don't want it published. They don't want it preached. They don't want it talked about. They, uh, they don't want it uh, to be used because it offends people. And uh, one thing about the Word of God if it wasn't an offensive word, folks, look here, you and I never would have been saved because the Word of God sure offends uh, sinners. And, you know, that's sort of what we are, sinners saved by grace. But when that Word of God offended us, when, but just before we were lost or saved, folks, just think about that, how bad the Word offended us. I'm sure we got mad at preachers, we got mad at teachers, we got mad at people that would witness to us and tell us we were sinners, we needed to be saved. We didn't like that. And, you know, people don't like it today. And it's getting to the point where uh, people won't even, they won't even take a track from your hand anymore. They just won't. But we that are saved by the grace of God, we, uh, we do need to stand firm. And we need to stand, as, as uh, the message preached a long time back, stand in the gap, folks. Be ready to stand for what you believe in. Uh, from uh, why, uh, how you were saved by the grace of God <clears throat> to why you are a Baptist. <coughs> say, well, now, preacher, you know, uh, Baptist not the only ones going to heaven. Uh, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. They're not the only ones going to heaven, folks. Everybody that dies uh, trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ for their salvation, that means that they have repented of their sin and put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ they're going to be saved. They're going to go to heaven, folks. And everybody else that dies without Christ is not. And it's, it's really deceiving uh, so many times when you go to funerals, <clears throat> folks, and a lot of people want to try to preach somebody into heaven. <coughs> it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen like that. As a tree falls, it's going to lay there. And people die lost, folks. They're going to lift up their eyes being in torments, just like the rich man. Uh, just like the, uh, everybody else, you know, that thinks they'll never have to stand before the Lord. They just, uh, so many people, folks, just don't think they're going to have to stand before the Lord. But we've got a promise. As a matter of fact, we've got a lot of promises. <clears throat> and it came with our salvation. 
And just thank God, folks. Uh, if you're familiar with the book of Ephesians in chapter uh, 1, that we have been called, we've been predestinated from the very beginning, folks. God called us to be His. And with that calling come uh, uh, such great blessings as well as Peter. You know, he even mentions in here that, that, that through the Word of God, uh, God's people are, uh, they, they have received such great and precious promises, exceeding great and precious promises, how he puts that. And we do, I've preached on that here before, so I'll not go into that. But in uh, verse 28 of Romans chapter 8, <coughs> says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Now, folks, when we were called, when we were, uh, when God would, by the predestination of God, folks, we have been called to be formed in the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our Savior. Now, that's who we're supposed to mimic in this life. That's who we're supposed to be like. Uh, not just be like folks, but talk like Him, uh, do like Him, you know, and, and, and uh, above all, believe like Him. There's so much confusion about who Jesus is anymore. So much confusion. You know, he gets, uh, Jesus gets a lot of attention when Easter and Christmas. He gets a lot of attention. That it seemed like just, uh, uh, just uh, like the whole world, you know, just celebrates the Lord Jesus Christ on those days. And after that, you don't hear much about Him. You don't see much about Him. But folks, that doesn't change the fact of who He is. And who He is supposed to be to us. Like people say, you know, in the Scriptures, well, isn't that isn't that Jesus? Isn't he just a carpenter's son? You know, isn't that just a son? Isn't he just a son of Joseph? You know, just a carpenter's son? That's what a lot of people think about Jesus. Just another person. But he's not to us. Amen. Or he shouldn't be to us anyway. And he said, Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. Now what shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Now, with, with that thought, and knowing that we are the called of God from eternity past, and our standing with uh, the God of heaven, you know, our standing is, folks, we are His children, and we are His, or He is our Father. <clears throat> now, that's, that's who we are. And... You know, with in the, in the book of Ephesians, as the Apostle Paul addressed uh, the churches, you know, and, and uh, you know, his during his uh, uh, missionary journeys and everything else, everywhere that he went, he wasn't received. Uh, he wasn't greatly received in a lot of places, you know. Philippi, he, they did, they treated him terrible at Philippi. They beat him and, and left him for dead. And uh, they let him down over the wall in, a, in some kind of in a basket with a rope. Uh, folks, he never had a glorious and glamorous life. 
and he stood, still he stood for his God and his Savior. And still he stood for the good of his people, as he said in Romans, his heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. And who entreated him, who treated him the worst? Israel. The Jews, who did? Who treated him the worst? They did. And yet he stood for his God. And he stood for the good of his nation, Israel. Well, in uh, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 14, uh, as a child of God, we need to realize and we need to come to, uh, and we really do, folks, need to come to a realization Realization that in this world, there are going to be false teachings that goes out everywhere. You know, it's like all these children in here. You know what, folks? If, if y'all didn't teach them the truth, if you didn't teach them the truth, what's the world going to teach them? You got to teach them what's right according to God. Because know this, the devil will make sure they know what's not right. And he will make sure they know it because he will pound it and pound it and pound it and pound it just like today. I saw a lady being interviewed on the, uh, uh, on the news, uh, news click, uh, flick, you know, and they was asking her about abush, abortion. And now, folks, say, well, say again now, uh, you know, you're just going to make a bunch of people mad. Uh, but they were asking her questions about her choice. And from the day, the very day of conception, she thought it should be the mother's choice about what should happen to that baby, to abort it or not. And they asked her, what about after the heartbeat? I guess after a few weeks, it begins, you begin to hear a heartbeat. It should be the mother's choice. She said, well, how about 16 or 18 weeks? Well, that should be the mother's choice. Well, how about, uh, how about uh, 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 the day it's born... It should be the mother's choice. And he pressed, kept pressing his luck. And he asked her, he says, how about if it's two years old? It should still be the mother's choice. <clears throat> now, that's what this world wants your children to learn. <clears throat> and that anything is in here, it, if, if it offends somebody, don't you even mention it. I, uh, and I thought I heard that wrong when I hit that little button and pushed that period back that way. And uh, to listen to that question again, even after two years, still should be the mother's choice. Now, uh, we're in trouble as a nation. And, and even though we have God as our God and the Lord Jesus as, a, as our Savior, we are in trouble as God's people. I mean, we're troubled on every side, but the Apostle Paul says, I'm, I'm, I'm troubled on every side. He said, I'm not forsaken, though. He said, I'm perplexed, but, you know, God's, I'm still God's people. I'm still one of God's children. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men. And, folks, they will slide stuff in there. That's... Uh, 100% false and they will keep saying it and repeating it like Hitler kept saying and you keep telling them a lie and sooner or later they'll begin to believe it. Uh, 
That's why our children, that's why the churches, that's why pastors and preachers and deacons and church members, folks, that's why they should stand firm on everything that God says concerning the scriptures, concerning his church. And folks, keep the church clean. Keep, keep the body clean. You know, uh, you can't let go, sin go rampant in the church. You just can't do it. It has to be dealt with. So, well, you know, church discipline is so questionable anymore. No, it's not, folks. Church discipline is necessary. It's as necessary as preaching all the rest of the truths of the, in the Word of God. It's just as necessary. Say, so, well, it's just unfair. Well, don't be dead. Don't put yourself in a position where the church has to discipline you. I mean, there's always an answer for stuff like that, you know. Don't put yourself in that position when the church has to come to you and say you're living in open sin. Or you're not doing as God uh, would want you to do concerning the church and and your life and, and everything else. We will answer to God. And... Say, well, you know, the church will deal with me. You know what, folks? I don't believe the Lord will deal with uh, ungodly church members until the church does. I mean, right now, every every church member here at, at Emmanuel Baptist Church is under the watch care of the church. And it has to be dealt with. It just does. The church has to do that. And just commit them to the Lord. That's, all, that's the best thing you can do, folks. It's the best thing you can do. I mean, there's so much ungodliness being preached from the pulpits. Of, uh, used to be, um, used to be uh, good godly Baptist churches and everything, and now they're shutting their doors, and, and everybody's wanting everybody to be involved. And Folks, look, when it comes to the, the, the church, there should be a saved person playing that piano. They should be saved people teaching the young people and the teenagers. There should be uh, faithful pastors that will not deviate from the Word of God. And let me tell you, man can rewrite it all they want, but God's Word is really strict when it comes to living, serving, and folks even dying in the Lord's service. Slight of men. Say anything and expect you to believe it. Anything ungodly, people's ears are open to it. Seems like it anyway. It's the way I see it. Whereby they lie, uh, lie in wait to deceive. Just can't wait. They'll stalk you even sometimes. When you gather in the church here at Emmanuel, <clears throat> when you come together, uh, and, and you all already know this, uh, you're supposed to come together in spirit and in truth. Supposed to come together in love, one for another. And folks, there's no greater love, no greater love than a person loving somebody in the Lord. Nobody. No greater love than that. Say, well, 
You know, the Lord says there's no greater love than, 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 than a man lay down his life for his brother. Uh, that's exactly what church members ought to do if it come to that. Lay down their life for their brothers and their sisters. Come together and worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Come together expecting a blessing. Come in here and say, well, we're going to go get hollered at and we're going to go get slammed and we're going to go hit probably spit at us a few times, you know, slobbering all that kind of stuff. When you come together, uh, you know what, folks? If we come here and we don't expect a blessing, then, you know, I, I think maybe we should have talked to the Lord before we came. Because he is here. In you, in your heart, in your spirit, and I just can't explain it. I've said it many times here before. He is here in another way tonight other than just in our hearts and our minds and our spirit. He's in our presence. And I just, yeah, I can't see him. But folks, we know he's here, don't Amen. we? Ready to stand. Ready to be able to stand against the, the, the cunning uh, slight of men and everything else uh, that the Lord warns us about. You know, in the book of Psalm and chapter 1, the book of Psalm and chapter 1, and want to read four verses, three or four verses here. <clears throat> and it says, Blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and, his law doth, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. <clears throat> That's another one of God's promises, folks. But what do we have to be rooted in? We have to be rooted in the Scriptures. And then we'll be like that tree that's sitting over here by this. Is there a creek over here? Yeah. Where those big, lush, green trees are. And you know what? If it gets 100 degrees and stays like that for three or four weeks, as long as that water keeps running, folks, those trees are going to stay green because they're planted by the rivers of water where they can nourish. And they'll be fruitful. They'll be green. Uh, they'll produce whatever they're supposed to produce. That's what we need to search for, how we can be like that tree planted by the water. Well, how can we do that? Not to walk in the counsel of the ungodly. See, folks, God's word is so intrusive, he even tells you not who not to loaf with. <clears throat> he does. Tells you not, well, we have to go to school. You know, we have to go to work. We have to do this. I know we do. We're amongst them, folks. We're amongst them. But we don't have to live like them. We're amongst them when we don't have to submit to them. <clears throat> We're amongst them when we need to ask the Lord's help to help us abide in Him while we have to live in this world. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Useless. Useless chaff. I mean, it's worth nothing except to scrape it off and throw it away. Nothing, nothing good about it. Can't use it for anything. Can't use it for anything whatsoever. And then he goes on in chapter 2 here. Why do the heathen rage? Why do the heathen rage? You hear it every day, folks. 
people, the heathen people are just raging, you know, and say, well, you're not supposed to call people those words. And, uh, you know, that, that's, that's what we need to love about the Scriptures. You know, God does not soften sin. He calls it just exactly what it is. Whether it's adultery, whether it's murder, whether it's lying, whether it's whatever else it is, God doesn't use anything to soften the, the severity of that sin and what it can do in the lives of God's people. Just like it is. He calls it just like it is. And folks, you know what? We need to hear it like it is too. You know why? That's, that helps to keep the church body clean. And the church body is, is saved members, you know. Helps to keep the church body clean. Those things have to be dealt with. But, you know, we live in a day where the heathen is raging. It doesn't matter that it might cost our country uh, every freedom that we have to them. It doesn't matter. They seem to just be completely without understanding of any kind. And I think our nation is really feeling it too. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Who is his anointed? We're sitting here tonight, folks. And they're gathered in other church bodies uh, wherever they're gathering tonight or whenever they come together. That's who he's talking about here, his anointed. Not just the preachers and pastors and stuff, but his anointed. That, that's us. That's all of us. <clears throat> and it says, and they say, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. They are willing to stand against God. They're willing to stand against God's people. And folks, let me tell you, I mentioned about being a wimp a while ago when it comes to heat and everything working out in it. We can't be wimpy in this day and time when it comes to the things of God. Amen. We have to tell people and let people know where we stand. We have to do that. There's a great need for God's people to do that. Say, well, it just leaves a bad taste in their mouth. The heathen is already raging, folks. We didn't, we didn't stir them up. The devil stirred them up. We didn't make them mad. The devil made them mad. He's the one that fed them all of those lies and all of that bull and everything else that we're having to hear about and get laws passed every day. Ungodly laws. <coughs> they said, let's break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. Everything that's precious to them, let's take it away from them. And folks, let me tell you something. I, I, I love my freedoms. I love the freedoms we have in this nation. I love them as quickly as we're losing them, though. I still love them. And, and, and I'm praying for God's grace for every one of his people to take our stand when it comes to our freedoms. Folks, we've got to let them know. You know, God's in charge. Say, so, well, he just seems like God has quit working. Well, I'm sort of convinced, folks, that God will never stop working. Amen. I'm sort of convinced that the Lord Jesus Christ will never stop, stop working. And also convinced that you and I shouldn't stop working. 
or speaking out about against the things and against these rulers and kings. Folks, we're still free to speak out against them. It's probably best to have it recorded because it's one word and they'll take a whole paragraph and say you've said a whole paragraph, just one word, that's all it takes. I mentioned, a, uh, I mentioned something here a, while, a few years back and they come back with me. I mentioned one line had about six words in it and they come back with four pages this size of stuff they said I said. I said, I didn't say all that. I didn't say all that. It might have been what they heard, but they didn't hear it from me. So they're ready, folks. They're ready to stand against all things that are godly. They're ready to stand against all of God's people. And you say, well, the rulers, you know, they got these big old trillion-dollar platforms and everything that they can speak from and reach so many people. Folks, we've got a God that's going to deal with every person, every person, whether they're a king or a prince or any kind of ruler or anything. We have a God, folks, that's going to, he, he's going to deal with every one of them. They can make their threats. You know, Pharaoh made his threats. I don't know your God. And he didn't, folks. He didn't know God. He didn't know the God of Israel. Not, not one thing about him did he know. He said, why should I serve him? I don't know him. Y'all people are the ones supposed to serve him. Not me. I don't know him. Pharaoh took a hard stand, didn't he? So well, the Lord helped in that. He kept hardening his heart. Uh, there's one of the greatest lessons in that, folks, that, that we could ever learn if we want to go back and look at, the, at the, the dealings of Pharaoh with the children of Israel. How did God prepare them for everything? And he saw them through everything. Even after God hardened the enemy's heart, he still saw them through. They're victorious. Let's break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that saiteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. <clears throat> and folks, you know what? They don't even know what's going on anymore. There's none of those people up there know the real, uh, what's really going on out here in this nation. They don't care that you're paying 3 or $4 for a loaf of bread. They don't care that you, you can't afford or even find baby milk. They don't care. They really don't care. They just give them something to say, look what we fixed after they finally figure out how to do it. It's all they want. They're for their own self-satisfaction and nothing else. The freedoms of the people doesn't matter to them. And we need to pray to God <clears throat> that he would remove the enemies of our nation from leadership spots. Say, well, you know what he could do, don't you? I know, but they sure don't because they don't care. They don't know our God. They don't know he's righteous in all things. They don't know he's just in all things. They don't know anything about what our God is like. <clears throat> but they're going to find out one of these days. And you know what, folks? They're going to answer for leading this nation in the wrong direction whether it's this nation or any other nation because all the world's forgetting God folks you know we're uh, uh, our, you know the churches in our land are supporting a lot of foreign uh, foreign missionaries you know it's getting to a place where 
our country needs missionaries to go out and preach the gospel. People willing to go out, follow the will of the Lord, and go out and preach the gospel. There's nothing wrong with supporting missionaries. Keep right on doing it. If however how many you support and just keep right on to doing it, folks. That's what God expects. Preaching that gospel throughout the world. Well, we can't do it as a church body, but we sure can pitch in, can't we? We can sure support those that are faithful to preaching the gospel and seeing people saved and get excited when churches are formed in foreign countries where there's, uh, where there's, uh, 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 whether they're, they're, they're majority Catholic or majority Muslim or whatever they are, sooner or later, got to have a church in those places. Some way, somehow. Boy, that's dangerous, isn't it? Sure is. But it's always been dangerous for God's people. Have you read things happening in the Old Testament, you know, to God's people? Have you, have you read some of those things? Uh, go back and maybe take a look at it every once in a while and see to God's people. They've never had an easy road to walk on. <clears throat> never have, but they've always had the promises of God. Whatever road you're on, I've been there. I'll take you through it. I'll take you over it. Whatever the storm comes, I'm not going to take all of your storms away. I'm going to see you through them. I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to let you off of everything. You've got to do something. We want God to do what he said he's going to do, don't we? We want him to give us, uh, give us our blessings. We want his grace every day. We want his mercy. We for sure don't want his justice. We want his mercy and grace and love and peace and everything else. We expect that from God. But maybe we slack up every once in a while and forget about what God wants from us. What he wants us to do as his people. You know, touching on uh, some of these things. And in Jeremiah... Chapter 17, Jeremiah 17. And I want to look at verse 7 and 8 and read a few chapters or a few verses here. And, you know, uh, the sin of Judah, uh, you know, folks, they'd given themselves evidently holy to idolatry. That means serving false gods. That means putting something in God's place. Replacing something, replacing God for something or someone or whatever. God tells us about idols. Don't he tell us about idols? They, they have eyes and they can't see. People make them. These images, you know, they have eyes and they can't see. They have ears and they, they can't hear. They have a mouth but they can't speak. They have feet, but they can't walk. So they trade their God that carries them for a God that they had to carry. <coughs> that was their sin. Given wholly to idolatry. And said in verse 1, I, I didn't tell you verse 1 meant to go, but the sin of Judah is written with a pen of iron and with the point of a diamond. It is engraven upon the table of their heart and upon the horns of their 
altars. Pen of iron and a point of a diamond. You know those are pretty tough materials right there, especially that diamond. Pretty tough material, but God says their their sin had been written with iron and diamonds. Well, it's been engraved, probably in their heart after the Lord revealed it to them. He's getting ready to deal with them here. You know, Jeremiah. Uh, you look back at some of these old uh, these old prophets. You know, Jeremiah and Isaiah and all of those people. At the, and, and, and uh, Nehemiah even, uh, God give them such a job, says there's no way they can do that. But God says, yes, there is. He said, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to show you, and we're going to do it. That's what God said. <clears throat> but when sin is revealed, folks, it hurts. It's written. In iron and with the point of a diamond. And it said in verse 7, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. And once again he shall be as a tree planted by the waters and that spreadeth out her roots by the river and shall not see when he cometh. But her leaf shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought neither shall cease from yielding fruit and the warning that comes out again folks and look uh, as God's people tonight I mean we know we're saved by the grace of God we know we've got a, a, a living Savior we know our home in heaven is uh, our place in heaven is secure we know our inheritance folks can never be given away it will never disappear we know all of those things, all of the promises of God. But when it comes to the heart, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The heart is deceitful above all things. The heart. Now, we've all got one of them, folks. I don't. I'm hope. I hope it's not deceitful. But God warns us about that deceitful heart. It's deceitful above all things. Say, well, th that that sounds terrible. It is terrible. It is terrible, and we have to deal with that heart every day. That old deceitful heart that that's liable to that, that will just lead us into all kind of wickedness if we follow that deceitful heart. See, that's what happened. To Judah here. It's what happened. They followed those teachers that God warned them about. The men crept in unawares. Even in the New Testament day, he told the church that. And in the Old Testament days, folks, there was always people <clears throat> ready to come in and deceive the children of Israel. Deceive God's people everywhere. Blessed is a man that trusts in the Lord. That's who we need to trust in. Blessed, I believe, is the church, folks, that puts their whole trust in the Lord. Could you imagine if, if all of God's people everywhere would just begin to trust in the Lord with all of their heart? 
you imagine that? You know, I, I used to say that about prayer. Could you imagine if all of God's people would begin to pray earnestly about all things concerning their church? How much difference there would be in the church? And if the whole church would trust in the Lord with all of our heart like he tells us, <clears throat> how much difference we would see in the church and the church is the members I believe every member would prosper from that I believe we would I believe all of our questions questioning God would be just disappear you know just have so much so many doubts about how things need to be done Emmanuel Baptist Church you stand for the truth continue to stand you have all along Continue to stand. Continue to support your pastor and his wife. Continue to support one another. Continue to support missionaries. Continue in the Word of God. And one thing I, I, I wasn't, I, I thought, well, I just won't preach about that. But in Malachi, and when... Malachi was preaching to the children of Israel, you know, about tithing, about tithing. And, and I don't, I don't, <coughs> the financial business of this church is none of mine. But God says if you tithe and give your offerings like you're supposed to, he said, I'll give you a blessing you just can't receive. Now, folks, I would like to, I'd like to have one of them. I don't know so why you can't receive it. But I'd like to have the opportunity. Tithes and offerings. God's people got so weary at the old prophets, you know. They just got to a point such a bad attitude toward the things of God. They'd gather together and they'd begin to say, oh, here we go, line upon line, precept upon precept, line upon line, precept, just, just over and over, the same old stuff, over and over and over again. That's how it's supposed to be taught. That's what's supposed to be said. That's all of God's word. And that includes the tithing and the offerings of God's people. You want to be blessed? Do as the Lord says, not just in tithing and offering, but everything else. See, God blesses his people for obedience. I believe that with all my heart. I really do. So, well, do you tithe and offer? Yes, we do. And I'll tell you, I couldn't afford not to. I just couldn't afford not to. If you're here tonight, you've never repented and trusted in Christ gospel has been presented in song it's been presented in prayer it's going to be presented by your pastor I'm sure the invitation will be given for you to repent of your sin and put your faith and, faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ I think it's Luke chapter 18 when the Lord was standing before a bunch of people and they began to judge others well what, what uh, who the tower of Siloam fell well they were sinners above sinners Jesus said except you repent you're going to perish you're going to perish. Don't die without Christ. Trust in Him. Your sins. Nail Him to the cross. Your sins is the reason He died. And folks, we all needed Him to die for our sins. 
that there wasn't anything we could do about those at all of ourselves. Trust in him and be saved. Brother John. Tonight, uh, if you would have heard everything that's been mentioned this evening, and how that God's people can be blessed, it does take a committed life, and it takes a committed soul. It's the only way to be blessed of God is to put God first. Tonight, I pray that we'll take heed to the word and will understand there are consequences for not taking heed to the Word of God. And we all know that. I think we've all probably been there, paid a consequence or two because we didn't do what God asked us to do. We think about salvation. We think about how death is coming because Hebrews 9.27 says it's appointed each and every one of us is going to face that one day. You need to be ready for that day to come. Because you don't know when that day's coming. Today's the day of salvation. Trust the Lord Jesus Christ. Trust Him today knowing that He died to pay your sin debt. That's when it becomes real to you. When you realize that He died for you on the cross of Calvary. So may the Lord bless us our prayer. Thank the Lord again for the message. We're going to have Brother Jim, if you come, our pianist.